Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. As you can see, I am burnt to a crisp. Just got back from Florida from a family vacation. June is Pride Month, so I decided to um, bring in someone who is part of that community. Now, I preface this by saying she is part of the community. She is not speaking for the entirety of the community. I'd like to introduce you folks to Destiny Rosa. Destiny, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So you are in the LBGQ community, correct? Yes. Okay, so for the folks out there that do not know um, who the LBGQ community is, it's, you know, stands for lesbian, um, bisexual, uh, what is it, uh, gay, transgender, gay, transgender, and queer, whole bunch. Yeah. right, and then they, plus they added um, a bunch of other um, adjectives to it as well, plus the plus sign as well, um, so for you, uh, let the folks know how old you are. Um, and what age was it that you discovered that you um, fit within the community? So I'm 20. I just turned 20. And I've been out since I was 14 in freshman high school. So what do you use pronouns? Um, is there proper ways for people to um, yes. um, say what you are to them? Yeah. So my pronouns are she, her, and they. The they is simply for a non-label instead of people just calling me she all the time or her all the time. They just have this non-label where if they want to feel comfortable, they can call me that. They don't have to, but it is there. So what is it that attracts you to either or? So let's say um, for the female side, what is it that attracts you to the females compared as to what attracts you to the males? So with women specifically, like, it's more of an emotional connection because with men, some men, you would have to like force an emotional conversation or them to open up because most men are raised upon a thought of never share your feelings. And I'm not going to try to train a man on how to speak on his feelings mm -hmm. with a woman. It flows naturally and it's just an open conversation. It doesn't feel forced. It's just simply two females just having a simple conversation. Okay, so, but for the male perspective, what is it that attracts you to the males when you are dating men, uh, uh, you know, not dating women at the time? The, for me personally, it's the security and like, I don't want to say the masculinity because anybody can be masculine, but it's more of like the security with men because not a lot of women know how to be secure because they are just women. So with men, they have that hard exterior that most women don't have that a lot of women need. So, but at 14, at 14 is a tough, it's a tough uh, age. Yes. You're just coming into your own as a person. You're, you know, a teenager now. You're trying to figure out who you are and your likes and dislikes. Now you coming out and feeling those emotions that you felt. Did you have anybody you can rely on, anybody you can talk to about that? Because at that age, it's really hard to talk to parents because sometimes mm -hmm. parents don't want to listen to you. They act like you don't know what you're talking about or, you know, you, oh, you'll understand when you're older. 
Yeah. You know, some parents just don't want to listen to their kids. Mm-hmm. So did you have anybody you can rely on at that age to help you get through some of these emotions? Yeah, I had a couple of teachers in school that I would talk to. I had some really close friends that I would run to because my dad wasn't, you know, the most accepting about it when I first came to him because mm-hmm. my dad was the first person that I came out to. And, you know, most parents aren't as accepting or they're not going to understand it because it's something new that their child is trying to branch into. But I had a couple people that I can turn to when I didn't have anybody else. So at this moment, are you uh, dating a female or a male? I'm in a relationship with a woman. You're in a relationship with a woman. Now, let me ask you a question. So you said for your connection with females, it's more of an emotional thing. So when it's with a male, why don't you feel like you have that same kind of connection when it comes to a man? And I get what you said earlier that men sometimes don't want to show their emotion. But I mean, if you're in a long term and you've been in long term relationships with a male before, right? Yes. At some point, they have to come to you and be emotional to you and talk to you about some stuff, or shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes, but a lot of men, well, specifically like my male exes, they felt like they had to. It wasn't just something that would flow. Like they would force the conversation and they didn't really speak on their true feelings. Like they would sugarcoat a lot of it. And I don't like that because if I'm going to pour my emotions into something, and we're having a deep conversation, there should be no reason for you to really hide at all. It makes okay. no sense. But uh, with women, it's different. So you feel like it's more of a, an open an open thing with women for you to express how you feel. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you feel you get judged less by women than you do men? Yes. Because with women, we, a lot of women, well, all women, we all go through the, a lot of the same things on a day-to-day basis men don't and there's a lot of things about a woman's body that men won't understand because they're men so being with a female I'm able to relate to her on not just a relationship and emotionally but so many more things that a man just wouldn't understand okay so but what I'm trying to understand is I understand women have an emotional connection with each other um but also so typically men look for you know, physical, it's just, you know, the reality of it, of it. So what have you, what have you find uh, being in in this community that, um, is there body shaming issues in this community as well? Like there is in, uh, you know, the regular heterosexual relationship? Yes. And no, because not everybody in the community itself is as accepting. There are some people that do judge each other and we're all part of one, but not body issues they don't really play a big part like you can be any shape size anything and you're gonna be loved but not everybody will accept you quick enough or if not they'll take like a minute to because as society standards bigger women aren't you know superior to petite or the skinny women or average women so there's a lot of plus size women that feel very accepted in here instead of the heterosexual community. Right. So how's it, how's that translate for you though? So, you know, like me, I'm a big guy, I'm six, three, 300 plus pounds. Um, you know, but for me, you know, women, you, you, let's say for, let's say for sake, you have big women that only date skinnier men. Okay. Yes. 
because they don't feel like two big people together can make a difference. But from what I've seen in the LBGQ community, um, that that's not a problem. I've seen two big women together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what do you think the correlation is between that? And, and why do you think it's so it's so different between the both the two communities? Because you walk between both communities. You just mm -hmm. you're just not in one. You're in both. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Why do you think that standard is the way it is right now? And and why do you think it's a lot easier for people to translate um, women to translate and not have to worry about body image issues when they're in um, the community that you're in right now? Because women, we get judged based on honestly, really anything. Like we get judged. It could be anything, scars, weight, hair color, anything. It's always something about a woman that somebody has a negative opinion on with this community. It shows it doesn't show diversity. What? No. Yes. It shows diversity. It shows everybody as one instead of it being, oh, she's fat, so we're not going to love her or anything like that. With this community, it's accepting, I would use. I would use the right word. Um, it's just something about LGBTQ and being able to be plus size or even people that are really, really skinny and they have a lot of health issues. No matter what happens, there's always a place literally for everybody because it's con the, the community is constantly growing and it's constantly evolving and it's accepting more people. So people are literally coming into this community every single day. So my question is, when did you finally become comfortable in your own skin? I mean, cause like everybody's self-conscious about how they look, you know what I mean? I, you know, I wear glasses, you know, like I said, I'm 300 plus pounds. Everybody's kind of, I got a stomach, I, you know, everybody's self-conscious about how they look, but I've, I've come to the realization that I'm just, you know, I'm big, sexy. I, I, I I'm not going to let anybody tell me any <laughs> different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when did you come to the realization that you were comfortable in your own skin, that you accepted who you were, that you knew you were beautiful, you knew what you can bring to the table. Uh, when did that happen for you? When I turned 19, I, when I was 18, all the way down until like, I don't know, middle school, I did not like the way I looked. I spent many years trying to learn that I have one body and it's my body, no matter who says what about it. But it was just something about everybody else's opinion that didn't make me feel right about myself because there's such high beauty standards. And that's all we really see. On billboards, you don't see fat people. You see skinny people in these clothing stores. Where are the plus-size mannequins at? They're nowhere to be found. And a lot of these name-brand clothing stores don't have plus-size clothes. So I never really fit in. It was up until I turned 19, leaping into 20, that I just didn't care. I didn't care what anybody thought about me because I know my self-worth. I know what I have to offer. And I don't care. I might not be a freaking Beyonce, but I'm definitely not ugly at all. <laughs> well, self-confidence is the best thing for you to have yes. for, for, for anybody. Um, but it's, it's sometimes self-confidence is hard to come by for some people Yeah. Um, because they've been put down their entire lives saying that they mm -hmm. weren't good enough. You know, they're not pretty enough. They're not skinny enough. You know, they're not tall enough. They're, you know, skin's not dark enough. Right. So when it comes to family, uh, has your family become accepting of of what you've chosen and what type of lifestyle you've chosen to live and be who you're supposed to be? Yes. 
um more so of like the lgbtq plus community members that i have in my own family so like the gay aunts that i have the gay uncles that i have the cousins they're more accepting than anything but the straight family members there's always going to be like the little snickers and the little comments and just the little like like what the hell why so i've dealt with it within both sides of my family my mom's and my dad's so how do you progress with that though how how do you they're your blood and i mean sometimes you know sometimes you know strangers will treat you better than your own family it's just factual it's very true mm-hmm. so uh, how do you deal with that how do you balance that where you know you still want those people in your lives but at the same time you want them to respect you and want them to respect your decisions that you made about who you are and what you're meant to be so how do you balance that between the two things I just learned how to not take everybody's opinion so personal mm-hmm. and not bring myself down because no matter what happens, everybody's going to have an opinion, whether I'm going to respect it or not, everybody's going to have something to say, whether it's to my face or behind my back. So I just, I don't want to say I stopped caring, but when it comes down to opinions, I just don't care. No matter what happens, I'm going to have to be with them because they are family but if you can't respect my decision, then there should be no reason for us to communicate at all. So you being 20, so you're, can you compare yourself to the older generation of LBGQ plus uh, folks? Is there a difference between how that generation um, struggled and between this generation being more open and more accepted? Um, have you talked uh, to older folks that have been in the community for a long time, have they given you any advice um, on how to navigate the waters? Because now, you know, there's LB, uh, LBGQ folks on TV now, you have them in movies, uh, you have them modeling, you have trend, gender, uh, transgender models now, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, coming out and, you know, making millions of dollars now. What for you, what was the correlation between the two now that, you know, have you spoken to people older in the community? Have they given you advice? What has some of the advice that they've given you that's helped you um, to prepare yourself and to finally be comfortable with who you are? So a lot of older influences that I have will all tell me the same thing, that they didn't have it as easy as coming out and being accepted in this community or just in the world in general. And I feel like as the years progressed and many different platforms of just anything, social media, music, movies, television, even down to our own president accepting us, it hasn't been the same. My generation specifically, we have it a lot easier because we have a lot of teen and young adult influences that are gay, that are transgender. So we can look up to them and we feel more accepted. As for the adults and the much older people, they didn't have the same platforms and the same um, the same connections that we have. They didn't have social media to go on and just, hey, hey guys, I'm gay. And then have this whole bunch of just people accept them out of blue. They had to struggle with it. They had to hide it for a very long time. And one piece of advice that I've gotten from many people, especially LGBTQ, is the only way out is through. No matter what issue you're in, there's no way that you're going to be able to walk around it or walk over or under it. You have to face your problems head on. And if somebody doesn't like what you do, okay, 
they're not walking in your shoes. They're not paying your bills. They're not putting food in your mouth or clothes on your back. You have to just face it head on. And whoever supports you, supports you. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. So what was your lowest point for you, though, while, when you were trying to discover yourself and, and when you finally had the breakthrough? Because you, your breakthrough didn't come through and your acceptance of yourself didn't come through till you were 19. Mm-hmm. So what was the lowest point for you? What made you feel um, the lowest in your life when it came um, to this? So when I had came out to my mom, my mom has a gay sister. So I have a gay aunt and I have gay family. But my mother, per se, she always was just, you can't like this one. You have to like that one. I don't understand why you like both. And just hearing that from somebody that was supposed to be my best friend, it hurt. Because I used to say all the time, if my own mother didn't like it, why would I think the world would accept it? So it always hurt me. And she didn't know that it would bother me up until I got older. And I used to tell her, hey, listen. It's not you that is dating both of them. It's not you that likes women. It's me. And if you can't accept me, then I I do not know what to tell you. It sounds like a very personal problem because I'm not going to change me when I just learned how to accept myself. Well, we always want our parents to back us no matter what we expect that. But as you well well know, a lot of parents disown their kids when they find out they're, they're gay, they're bi. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're not accepting it though. You know, I've seen, especially transgenders, like transgenders, it's kind of scary because lesbians are accepted. Bisexuals are accepted. Queers are accepted. Gays are accepted, but it's just something about transgender women and men that people don't seem to understand. Not everybody was born in the right body. That's why they're transgender, but transgender women per se, male to female, they're not accepted at all because no matter what happens, they can have a pair of boobs, but as long as they have that other piece, they're never going to be accepted. And even then, when they get top and bottom surgeries, they're still going to be looked at as a man. And that's not right because a lot of transgender people kill themselves for this, even down to kids. I know a little 13-year-old that committed suicide because he came out as gay and nobody accepted him. Nobody. So what advice would you give to the younger generation, kids who are, you know, who are your age, who are 12, 13, 14, who are trying to discover themselves? Because you have a big push from people out here that, you know, now they're not. Some of this stuff I understand, but some of this I'm still a little bit confused on, like some parents are not or handing or having gender neutral parties for mm-hmm. the kids or they're not naming the gender they're not saying it's a boy or it's a girl. You know what I mean? But, you know, I think that's not really accepted too much yet. I mean, I know they're trying to make a push for this. I mean, I know you have a lot of um, two parents who are two moms, two dads, you know what I mean? Or you have transgender parents, Mm -hmm. one that was a female that became a male, then one that's a um, male that became a female. And I've seen it where you've had the couple, the, the female that transitioned to a man actually have the baby. Yeah, from the um, man that transitions into a woman, and sometimes that can be a bit tough because you're going to get those stares, you're going to get people that's going to be yeah. talking. Um, so, what advice would you give to the younger generation right now coming up? Um, because things are things are a bit easier, but it's not where it needs to be. Yeah, um, acceptance is not going to be a hundred percent. You have issues when it comes to sports as well, um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. 
Um, but what advice would you give the younger generation right now who's going through the same things that you're going that you went through? It gets so, 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 so much better, so much better because you're going to grow up into this person that you sat down hours talking about, you sat down hours writing about or dreaming about, and you're going to learn how to, if nobody else is going to accept it, you're going to learn how to accept it within yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not a freak. You're not somebody that doesn't deserve to be loved because no matter what happens, you will find love. And if you don't find love in another person, as long as you love yourself, I promise you that's enough. That's all you'll ever need. And that's good advice for anybody. I mean, that's good advice mm-hmm. for anybody. Um, self-love is the first love that you should, you know, you should have besides your parents' love. I mean, loving yourself is probably the biggest thing and the biggest confidence boosters you can have for anybody. Because you're the only one living in your body. You're the only one that knows exactly what makes you happy. So now let me get on the subject of sports. Okay. So we have a big issue in this country when it comes to transgender and sports. Um, Do you think it's an unfair advantage for some of these, uh, some of these folks who are in the the community to be playing in um, female sports, jumping from that they were male, they transitioned to female and competing against other females? I don't look at it as a problem, but half of America does, which is kind of sad. Um, I don't think that there should be like specific teams for transgender kids because why? What's the purpose? All you're doing is just letting them feel even more left out than they already do. They're already scared. A lot of kids are in middle school or elementary school and they're dealing with this. So to put them on a team with people that are just like them, Yes, they'll feel accepted, but they're going to feel accepted by their own people, not a whole bunch of straight people. Everybody, I feel like everybody should just, if it's not your child or if it's not you, why worry about it so much? So I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. So I'm going to say, and this is the big consensus is a, a man is naturally stronger than a woman, period. I mean, it's biological. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about mm-hmm. it, okay? So in most uh, most terms, a man will have an unfair advantage against a woman when it comes to sports. So I think a lot of people's problem is, is that when these kids are in high school, they've already pretty much grown into uh, most of their body, and then mm-hmm. they transition to female. They are, you know, being able to dominate these females in the sport. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of these, uh, these cisgendered men and these cisgendered women as well are having an issue with that because the whole point of females having their own sport was because they couldn't play in against the guys. Mm -hmm. So that's what title nine was about, was about women being able to have their own sports for college and and teams like that. But now, um, you have the transgender community coming out and, you know, dominating, (laughs) dominating these sports, you had a uh, transgender um, fighter in MMA that cracked the head open of a female fighter. So, but, and I think this is where people, people get upset about because in some cases it can be an unfair advantage when it there comes to that. There should be certain restrictions on it. Like there should be certain like limitations on it, but I don't feel like cutting them out completely mm. is the right way to go about it. Like, if you put certain limits on it, then yes, that will be understandable and will understand that a lot better. But completely cutting 
transgender women and men out, that's not fair. Because at the end of the day, everybody deserves the same shot. No matter what sexuality, no matter what race, anything, everybody deserves the same shot. So you don't believe they can come up like what they did with, with Title IX for, for the women, give them their own their own leagues, their own sports, uh, you know, com- competition, their own section of the way they did with the, with the females? They can. They should. But a lot of people in those communities, especially transgender women and men, yes, they'll feel accepted, but they're not going to feel accepted as a whole because they're in a different category versus everybody else, which no matter what, they're always going to be, but they want to feel accepted. They want to feel like, okay, I'm a woman. I'm going to play with the women's team Mm -hmm. instead of, okay, I'm a transgender woman. I have to play with the transgenders. They're going to be accepted by each other, but not as each other. Well, I I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, America, you know, I think most, most of America, uh, differs in that opinion with you um, because it's it's just it's never ending you're seeing news clips all the time about you know people being upset because they feel you know these transgenders mm-hmm. shouldn't be you know playing with them because it's an unfair advantage against their against the girls at the, the competition yeah. that they're playing against you know especially when it comes to certain sports like wrestling when it comes to track yeah. and field things um, like that like I feel like all like not all contact sports but most contact sports like wrestling um MMA, like certain things like that, like that's not really basketball or like football per se, should have like their own league, not league, but like their own type of team. So with basketball, basketball is not really much of a contact sport. So women, transgender women and men should be able to play. But as far as like wrestling and where it's getting down to like the real getting dirty i feel like there needs to be certain limits or if not they just need to make a whole different team because again like you said a lot of men are stronger than women and no matter what happens those men were born men whether they transitioned or not so that strength is always going to be there Mm. you can never put a woman and a man in the octagon and expect it to be a fair fight so at the end of the day what is your long-term goal um, in the community, what are some of the things that are you trying to be a mentor uh, to some of these kids? What are your long-term goals um, within the community to try to improve it? I, I know you're you're all over it. I mean, on social media, you're you're happy as can be. I know you're heading to the parade um, here. When is the parade in New York City? Is it going to be in August? Um, no, it's June twenty-seven. Okay. So next Sunday. So next Sunday the parade, and you're going to be yes. there, correct? Yes. Okay, you're going to be there representing, right? Yes. Okay. So what is your long-term goals when it comes to um, helping the next generation of kids? I, I want them to just be able to speak and not feel so closed in or feel like they're so alone. I would love to be an advocate for younger youth because I'm 20 and I'll be 21 next year. I want to be able to just not speak for the children, but let the kids know if, you guys' voice isn't loud enough, you'll hear me from the back alley. You'll hear me from four miles away. Because no matter what happens, everybody deserves to have their voices heard. If not, they deserve to have somebody speak up for them. Because not a lot of people are going to raise their voice or speak up. And if they do, they're not really speaking on how they genuinely feel. 
that's where I would come in. I, I'm very blunt, especially about something that I'm really passionate about. I would want everybody to know, listen, this community is constantly growing and it's a very strong community. We went through hell and back and we're still here. So when it comes to, uh, I think the the most ostracized, what we talked about earlier is the transgender uh, men and women. Um, within that community of statistical, you have more transgender men and women being killed um, yes. than, than any other um, any other group within the, the LBGQ community plus community. Um, why do you think that is? Because you have a lot of men, and this is like cisgendered men who will mess with a transgender and then so nobody finds out, kill them. So why do you think why do you think that happens within the community? Why do you think these men are afraid to date um, transgendered women? Um, and then they use violence because they don't want anybody to find out. Because they're either, I don't want to say they're in the closet, but they may be curious or they maybe have this attraction and everybody around them maybe doesn't go that way or they feel like they won't be accepted. But no matter what happens, you should never have to resort to killing somebody. Mm -hmm. If you don't want it spoken on, a lot of us trans, like a lot of transgender women and men don't speak on a lot of sexual relations or relationships in general that they have with cisgender people. They don't. Why? Because they're afraid of them. It, it, it frightens me that nobody can walk around, especially transgender people, and just be free. Somebody's calling them a freak. Somebody's throwing something at them. There was just a news report, I don't, like a couple months ago, this woman, this transgender woman was walking down the street, a minivan walked up and stabbed her in the neck and drove off because she was transgender. Why does it have to result in death? Why is it that if it's a gay person, oh, that's hot. If it's two lesbian women, oh, that's cool. Why is it cool for them? You, you don't accept the fact that people can't sit here and be born into the wrong body. What if it was your child? What if it was your sibling? And somebody just killed them. You would go ape shit. I mean, it's our job to protect, you know, it's our job to protect our kids. I mean, whether they're straight, whether they're gay, whether they're bi or trans, it's our job to protect our kids. Mm -hmm. um, but I think within the trans community, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know why, you know, now you starting to have those trans who are coming out who are, you know, starting to become famous and, you know, starting to advocate for, you know, trans children. But do you believe children, young children should be transitioning at a young age, though? I mean, honestly, listen, I know you're within the community and I know sometimes we get, you know, cancel culture and everything else. Mm -hmm. But I want an honest opinion from somebody who's in the community. Do you think it's right for a child who's 10 or 11 or 12 to be transitioning that early when they haven't even discovered who they really are yet? I don't, as far as transitioning, it breaks down to multiple different levels of transitioning. There is figuring out that you were born into the wrong body. But then again, there's also the next step, which is the hormone. Then it's the next step after that, which is the surgeries. I feel like if you feel you're born into the wrong body, that's cool. That's perfectly fine. But for a minor, specifically 10, 11, or 12, to take hormones that are specifically prescribed for adults, 
I don't think that's right. Because these little kids are gonna go through some of the hardest times because of this. Mm. And I get it. They want to be accepted, but there's so many different ways to go about it. I feel like there should be an age restriction. If you're under the age of 18, you're not allowed, you're legally not allowed to take testosterone or take hormones until you're over the age of 18, because anything can happen to these children. Anything can happen to them. They can get overly excited and, oh my God, I'm about to take another one. Anything can happen. It's always that negative side of everything. And I don't feel like a lot of people think about that, especially with them being like 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. or 12. They're still in middle school. Not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody's child is, has gay people in their family. There are a lot of people out there who raise their children to hate other people. Right. And it's sad to say that. So not a lot of kids are going to understand you're a dude, but you're a woman. I, I, I don't get it. And that can cause a lot of problems. So do you believe that um, people can know um, that they're, that they're gay or that they're bi at a young age? Because I've heard people say they came, they knew they, they were gay when they were five or six, seven years old. Yes and no, mm-hmm. because I know a little boy who he was, I don't know, three, mm-hmm. about three, four, and his thing was pink, Barbie dolls, n- nothing. You would not find out one boy, anything in this little boy's room, nothing, 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 nothing. But he never wore anything that would insinuate that he was transgender Mm -hmm. up until he was like five and he got upset when we would call him his name so he came up with a name that he would love to be called and right then and there you can easily tell okay there's something that he's going through Mm -hmm. that he's understanding I wasn't born to be this way I was born to be this way because even when they're like one there are a lot of people that a lot of children that I don't want to say they would understand it, but they would know what they like and they would know what feels right for them. So what do you think? And this is your opinion now. So what do you, in your opinion, what do you think about this narrative that's being pushed that now kids are being influenced about what's going on TV? Cause now you have shows that are, are, you know, very, um, you know, social minded, um, you know, a lot of openly gay relationships on TV, you know, gay people kissing. And a lot of people are upset about that because they think it's influencing these kids now instead of these kids being to make up their own mind about who they are and what they are, that they feel like they're getting pushed to go towards the community instead of trying to figure out who they are themselves because of the imagery that they're seeing on, in social media, on TV and movies. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, do you think that narrative is true? Um, and how do we how do we change you know folks minds that this is just a way of letting other people know that it's okay if this is how you feel it's okay that it's nothing wrong with it Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was about to say I don't think there's like a huge there again there should be limitations on a lot of things when it comes down to that there shouldn't be as much you know gay influences but then I can I can't also say that because if there weren't gay influences on movies, on TV, in music, 
not a lot of these kids will grow up and think, okay, if they can do it and my superheroes can do it, the people that I look up to can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. I feel like no matter what happens, if a child wants to grow up and be gay and they don't watch TV, by all means. Because a little boy can go to school right now, hang out with all his guy friends and get these little feelings that he gets. And it doesn't have to come from a television. Mm. It can be outside of television, outside of a cell phone, outside of social media. No matter what happens, people discover themselves every day. So a little boy can be in like third grade. And if he's getting these feelings, these little butterfly feelings for a little boy, he's going to act on it. And he's going to start trying to understand, okay, I'm a man. My daddy likes women. I know I'm a boy. I'm supposed to like girls. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel this way for little boys? It doesn't have to necessarily be from a television show, but I feel like people who think that their children are being brainwashed and stuff like that, that's not the case. Because no matter what happens, unless you're going to actually sue these companies, everybody's going to sit here and feel like, okay, it's not a problem. A lot of people don't care about fans' opinions because no matter what, they're going to make money from it. If you feel like it's a problem, don't let your child watch it. But their kid, they're going to be curious no matter what happens, whether their parents are around or not. So you believe that, you know, it's not as big as an influence as people make it out to be when it comes to that stuff being seen on TV. It's not because little girls and boys, they're in school. Mm. They hang around with other little boys and girls. Mm. Little girls can get these butterfly feelings for little girls. Again, it doesn't have to come from a television. People need to stop blaming it on specific things and try to understand, maybe my child is trying to tell me something. Right. If, if a little boy puts on a movie and it's a gay movie and he sits there and he watches it, it's not for the parent. What the hell are you watching? There's no need for that. Because all you're going to do is shut your child out and your your child's going to be scared to come to you. It should never be like that. So you think we should be having more open conversation? See, this is why this is the the purpose of my show is to bring people like you on who have an opinion, uh, who has an opinion on on different topics. And I wanted to bring you on specifically because you're in the community and I wanted you to voice your opinion because this is what we do on this show. Um, But it's sometimes it gets hard because I think sometimes parents are they're so set in their ways and they were raised a certain way that you know mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in our head that our kids can't be this. Well, you should be able to love your child no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what. I mean, if you can love your child after he, you know, he he, he did a mass murder and you still, you know, then you still, should love your child. You love your gay. child if he's being gay. So, and I think there's a you know misconception with a lot of parents out there who think that. You know, they use the Bible as a as a reason to um, not love they the children. They reference a book that was written 3,500 years ago. 3,500 years ago. You reference a book. A book. And in the original Bible, it says it. God loves whoever. It doesn't matter. People try to make it such a religious thing, talking about you're going to go to hell, you're going to do this. God loves all of his children. You don't, and you don't have to be religious to understand that. No matter what, people need to stop making people feel bad about themselves. Because it's not you, 
It's not me. Mm -hmm. It's not the next person. It's not the damn president. If it's not you or your child or somebody in your family, what they do, how they dress, how they talk, how they walk, how they breathe should not affect anybody else. But you know, this is not how this works. You know, there's cancel, you know, cancel culture is going to come after people. You know, as well as I do, people are going to be trolls. People are going to talk junk about other people. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we want to put a positive message out there, but people sometimes don't care. They don't. Some people wake up days just, you know, wanting violence and and they just get up and just start running their mouths. And, you know, you have keyboard warriors that are just talk junk behind the keyboard. Um, and then the crazy part is when we talk about religion and, and when it comes to, um, when it comes to this is most folks are in the closet. You, you've seen all these news stories where all these preachers and, you know, and these pastors have come out because they've been caught, you know what I mean? After talking all this about, you know, mm-hmm. marriages between a man and a woman. Listen, I've always been to where if anybody wants to be married, let them be married. Everybody can be miserable just the same as everybody else. You know what I mean? You want to spend 30 years with the same person, spend 30 years with the same person. I don't see, I don't see an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Love is love. You know what I mean? You should be able to love who you want to love. But society, I think, still is not to that point where, especially here in America, um, it's not to that point where people are going to think that way. You know what I mean? We're society is afraid to accept the new. That's what, that's what my best friend told me. My best friend lives by that, and that woman would get it tattooed on her body if she could. Mm. Society is afraid to accept the new, no matter what. Society, people in general are afraid to like something that's new to them no matter what it is. Yeah. And, and I think that besides it being new to them, I think that if they feel like they're being force fed it, if they have the assumption that, Hey, this is being forced down our throats, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it gets, it can get pretty tricky because people are, it's a mob mentality. Okay. Yeah. I look at it as the, the, remember when we ran, when the pandemic first hit, everybody was, you know, going after toilet paper, like, use soap and water like that's the easiest way to clean you behind like but it was a mob mentality we have that mob mentality you know what i'm saying we all follow a trend if one person is talking everybody jumps on them you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i think to me that's that's not a it's good like a bandwagon it, it's exactly. like a bandwagon yeah, yeah. exactly yeah one person does something it takes off one person hates somebody they're hating all this other person like like what was that the the, the Tide pods, people started eating Tide pods yeah. because somebody did it. Right. Like, what the hell? If somebody does something and somebody thinks it's cool, it's going to blow up and it's going to become this most important thing. But they have to understand, outside of social media, social media is not going to be here forever. A lot of relationships that are in person, you can't build that on social media. Mm. You have a lot of friends that are gay. And a lot of straight people except lgbtq plus but then again when they get around certain friends it's a whole yeah they switch it up they switch it up Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah it absolutely because they don't want to be ostracized and they don't want to feel like they're being left out of the conversation it's fomo you know what i mean the fear missing out so Mm -hmm. when you know when you're around you know your gay friends you're cool everything's great but then when you're around you know, your cisgendered friends, you know what I mean? And they it's a whole talking. different, it's, a whole it's different like a vibe. whole different person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally, that's ignorant. 
and I don't respect ignorant people because if you're gonna act, if you're gonna be my friend because I'm bisexual, then be my friend. Don't be half-assed my friend. Mm -hmm. Don't be my friend and then go talk behind my back and then come back and smile in my face because that's how you lose me as a friend and that's how you lose my respect as a person. So where can folks follow you at desk? Because this was a good conversation. It's good getting good insight from somebody who's in the community, especially somebody as young as you are. Um, And I tell people all the time, just because you're young doesn't mean you haven't gone through your experiences. Everybody has a story and you have yours. And I'm sure there's a lot more to you than than, uh, just about everything that we spoke about. Mm -hmm. Where can folks follow you at um, so they can see your stories and they can see you posting things? And um, what, what are your social sites that people can reach you at? So I have Instagram. Instagram is the one that, you know, I mostly am on and I speak upon. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram is Desi, that's D-E-S-S-Y dot Marie, M-A-R-I-E-E dot E. So it's like, it's weird, yeah. So so IG is basically the only social media site that you're going to be on representing yourself on there right yes. now. Okay. So now other question, is there anything you're doing with yourself job wise? Are you, is there any small businesses that you're working on? Is there anything that you're pushing right now that you want to let the folks know about? So I, I work with this company. It's called Monet. It stands for modern nature and it's a vegan cruelty free hair and skin company. And it's one of the fastest social marketing companies in the world. It's also number one in hair and skin products in the entire world. Um, It's so dope. It's vegan products. And these products last three to six months versus a regular drugstore products. You're out with that bottle within a week and a half to go back to the store and buy $9 mm-hmm. when you can spend what 117 on six products they're going to last you for six months and you're going to see results within 24 hours for it so do you post do you uh, so i know this is part of your business but do you actually use the products you were selling so folks yes. don't think you're just trying to push it without using the actual product yeah so we have multiple different lines i for my hair i use the renew shampoo and i use the leave-in conditioner mm-hmm. um the renew shampoo specifically it's to bring back life to your hair, to hydrate your curls, hydrate your straight hair, hydrate your scalp. For my face, I use the combination line. So it's good for dry skin and it's good for normal skin and also sensitive skin. So literally there's so many different lines based on your hair type and your skin type. So can folks find these videos on your IG of you showing the product and you with the links that they can get to to be able to buy stuff from you? Yeah, so the link for my link tree specifically is in the link in my bio. So once you click that link, it would bring you to both of my quizzes. And once you would take them, you'll fill them out of how you know your hair is, how your skin is. You'll leave your contact info and I'll see it and I'll be able to print out and give you a list of all these products that I would recommend. You would look over them and then we would talk about it from there. All right, Des. So you folks, um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Destiny, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. You were a great guest. It was a good conversation that we had. It was a conversation that we needed. And once again, people, I prefaced this at the beginning of the show. This is her opinion and her opinion only. She does not speak for the entire LBGQ plus community. She is only speaking as being part of the community. So please, Don't get at her um, with with some nonsense, okay? 
All right, Destiny, it was great having you on. You're welcome back on the show Thank anytime. Um, these conversations need to continue to be had out there. Folks, please, 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 especially you parents, learn to love your children the yes. way they are. Accept, Speak to them. Accept your children where they are. Let them know that you love them no matter what. Even if it's tough for you to swallow, even if it's tough for you to understand at the moment, your children need your love. Your children need to know that you are there for them no matter what during, you know, these phases of their life where they're they're trying to figure themselves out. So again, folks, thanks for tuning in and we will see you folks next week. See you later. Bye.